Over the last two weeks we've talked about G. Being genuine truth tellers. Not just in the words that we say but the things that we do. That's great and it's a great opportunity to chat with people, to talk with people, to be honest with people. But there's a flip side to that and that <laughs> sometimes people want to talk to us and uh, that's not so easy. Sometimes we can get convinced that this is the right thing to do, to be honest and truthful with people. But then sometimes somebody has something to say to us, something to share with us, and the scriptures teach, and what we want to talk about for the next two weeks is that we need to be receptive people. We need to listen to what is said to us, and we need to respond to that in an appropriate way. So for the next two weeks, we'll be talking about receptiveness. This morning we're going to talk about being receptive to the Word of God. When God speaks to us, how is it that we're supposed to respond to that? How is it that we receive that? And then tonight and next week in the morning and the evening, we'll talk about some of the ways that the Scriptures say people do respond. And in the reading that we had from Proverbs, you had some of them. There's the wise way of responding not just to what God says, to what people around us say, and we'll be talking about that this evening. Responding wisely. Next Sunday morning, we'll be talking about foolish responses. In other words, those people, as they respond to what God says or what the people around them say to them, they respond to that in a foolish way. And then the third one, the third way that people respond, and these are generalisation boxes, I suppose, because sometimes we all respond wisely, sometimes we all respond foolishly, and the third way that sometimes we respond is wickedly or evilly, badly. Wicked and evil are such harsh words. We respond badly. And so next Sunday evening we're looking at evil responses. But this morning, we're going to have a look at how it is that we respond to God's word. We've sung some songs about it. We've spoken it to each other. But how is it that we're supposed to receive or be receptive of what God has to say? How are we supposed to respond to him? And we're going to be looking at Nehemiah chapter 8 in general, picking up some general things, but pulling bits and pieces of scripture from elsewhere as well to say how is it that we as the people of God as we meet here this morning should take his word and then throughout the week how should we receive the word that he shares with us? I have a very good friend. I have lots of very good friends. But one that I'm thinking of in particular, his name's Andrew. He lives in the United Kingdom and I miss him often. He's, he's very busy, so we don't have a t- chance to talk on Skype. We both don't communicate very well by email back and forth because we like this back and forth type of conversation. But if I know I have to go through the UK for weeks in advance, I can't wait to talk to Andrew. Now, last year, about this time, which is why it comes up in my mind, I had to go over to the UK. Had to go over to the UK. I went over to the UK. One of the things I was getting to stay with Andrew and his wife for about four days, four or five days. And for the three or four weeks beforehand, I was just pumped up. I just wanted to have this conversation with Andrew. Why? I respect the guy. I love the guy. Um, 
he and I, we kind of can just share and connect in a way. Sometimes he tells me off. Sometimes he says great things to me and we can just talk about it. We have solved all the world's problems at least five or six times. And if anyone else was able to listen in on those conversations, they would have got some really good advice. Bush, Obama, you name it, we have done a lot. But I was thinking about that during the week and I was wondering as I came to read the scriptures and as I came to talk about this, whether that was the same attitude that I felt towards them, the Word of God. Whether as, as I got down to pray and said, Lord, I want to hear from you, whether I had that same anticipation that I would to speak to Andrew. And someone might say, well, you get to talk to God every day, I only get to talk to Andrew once a year. But when we lived in Ethiopia, he was living nearby and we got to see each other every week and there was that same joy of chatting with him, of talking with him. In Nehemiah chapter 8, the people come together. So let me just read from verse 1 through to verse 3. It says this, All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. This is all the people of Israel, not just those in Jerusalem, from outside as well. And they told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. And so on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, the women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. And it goes on to talk about them as the people of God eagerly wanting to hear God's word. If we're going to be receptive to anything, to what people have to say, one of the things needs to be this desire to hear. You might say, well, yeah, all right, I don't mind people when they come up and tell me how good looking I am. I don't mind when they come and tell me that this was good about my cooking. Or I don't mind if they come and tell me you're looking thinner today. But when they walk up and say, you know what, you just, my mother-in-law has been visiting me the last few days. I don't think I've met her any time in the last 25 30 years since I've known her, when the first thing that hasn't really come up after the obligatory hug and kiss has been a comment on either I'm too thin, not lately, or are you putting on a bit of weight, Dave? First thing she says, I don't want to hear that. I don't like listening to that. But when we are to receive and be receptive people, one of the things we have to do is to be in the sort of relationship with the person that we actually desire to hear from them. The scriptures, as it talks about, now if you read through something like Psalm 119, it goes on about this in a way that's trying to bring out all the nuances. And it says that as we come to listen to God, we should seek, we should ask, we should want. It says we should be eager for, we should long for, we should delight for the word of God. Because that's what we want. 
We want to hear from God what he has to say. Now I wonder anyone as you're driving and say, I just want to hear what God has to say for me this morning. You see, you've got to be in that mindset to begin to listen, to understand, to receive. I um, was a reasonably poor student at high school. I got good grades, but I was a bad student. I could get by in most of my subjects, maths and science. They, they were straightforward. But those other subjects, they made no sense at all to me at all, like art, you know, PE, English. I just didn't get them and my grades reflected that. I think English was my hardest. And I love to read. I read five, six, seven books a week. I love to read. But English, I couldn't handle that. I'm not sure what it was. I know what it was in grade 11 and 12. It was my teacher. Her name was Ms. McAndrew. She's She's no longer with us, so I can share this. I didn't realise before I started doing English in grade 11 and 12 that every single book that was written and was in the curriculum was about the subjugation of women. I hadn't realised that, but then I read Grapes of Wrath and that was about the subjugation of women. I read Romeo and Juliet and that was about the subjugation of women. I read Pride and Prejudice, about the subjugation of women. I read um, Great Expectations, subjugation of women. It went on. And so every time when I came to English class and we had a poem or a piece of literature that was sort of prose or anything, I was like, I don't want to hear this. And, you know, she said some really good things. She was an intelligent woman. She knew her stuff. I just wasn't interested. I had no desire to learn and that was reflected in everything, every way that I totally responded. I just didn't get anything. When we come to the scriptures, the people here in Nehemiah's day, they wanted to hear the word of God. They wanted to see what God had to say to them. The psalmist says that his word is food for us. We can't live without it. His word is light for us. It shines the way that we're supposed to go. It is the first place to which we turn. We have a desire to hear God. I suggest that if when you come to the scriptures, when you come to hear it explained, or when you come to read it at home, or when you're meditating upon it, if that is not why you come, then you're going to make it really hard to be receptive. If you're not waiting for God to talk to you. You see, his spirit dwells within us, explaining it, helping us to understand, helping us to apply it. And if we're not ready and waiting to listen, then it's like deaf ears like I was in my English class. We can only be wise in receiving the word of God if we come to it in that desiring relationship, delighting in it. And I would hope that we learn from that because I know I constantly find that a chastisement to wonder how much do I desire this? How much do I really want it? It basically, I suppose, comes down to love 
how much we care about or love the person who's talking to us, how much we want to be in their presence, how much we want to learn from them. The people in Nehemiah's day stood all day long from daybreak until noon. I'm not going to preach that long. But they stayed and they listened. They just wanted. I preached at conferences in Ethiopia. You know, you're talking about five, six, seven thousand people. You get up to speak and they're all there with their little tiny handheld microphones holding them up, pushing forward. And you'd say to the person who's running the conference, well, how long should I speak for? He said, oh, you've got about three hours. And he said, I don't think I can speak for three hours. He said, yeah, sure you can. That's what they came here for. They came here to hear. They came here to listen. Is that what our desire is like? The second thing in terms of being receptive is to listen, to hear. Later on in Nehemiah chapter 8, down in verse 5, it says, Ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them and as he opened it, the people all stood up. And then down in verse 7, the Levites, instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so the people understood what was being read. And then down later on in the chapter it says that the people as they were searching through discovered things in what was being said. I suppose one of the reasons I didn't like books like Great Expectations and everything like that, was we never actually got a chance just to read it. Well, we were supposed to, of course, before the lesson, but who does that? But whenever we got into the class, we actually kind of focused in on a small chapter or we read little bits and pieces and pockets of it. And we weren't listening to it, we were hearing people talk about it all the time. We weren't saying, what's God saying? We were cutting it up into little pieces. Because we, I think, and this is my response to my English teacher, had things that she wanted to say and she picked bits and pieces out of it to say or she was dissecting it out to hear the bits that she wanted. She didn't always, I thought, listen to it. But I know that we do that with the scriptures. We, we come to them and we say, well, we have to study this. It's God saying to us, now let's, Let's see what it says. Let's go to those places. Let's pick out what we like, what we want to hear. Let's, well, we know what this means, but let's read it again, just embedded in our minds. There's a whole range of ways that we come to the Scriptures. The people hadn't had the Scripture read out to them. They hadn't, it had just been discovered in, in the temple. And so it was fresh, it was new, and they wanted to hear what God had to say. We're in a place where all of us have the scriptures on our shelves at home. In some ways, we've we kind of got the gist of the thing. But we don't always come back and 
read it and listen. What do some of the words that the psalmist talk about? They say that the people, well, we should come to understand the scriptures. We should meditate upon it. We should ponder it. We should consider it. We should learn from it. We should search it out. We should discover what it has to say. We have the Holy Spirit who lives within us who helps us to do this. It helps us to make sense. He guides us into all truth. And how many times I'm talking to myself here, do we read a passage, we kind of have an idea what's going on and we move on. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone who doesn't listen to you when you talk? (laughs) Yes, I can see the smiles on your faces. There's people you know who are like that. Um, I, I love my, my wife <laughs> very, very much. But every now and then I get that thump on my shoulder when she's been talking to me for about two or three minutes and my responses are, uh-huh, yep. Mm-hmm. you ever been in that situation, gentlemen? Where, where I find it hard, you see, I shouldn't say this, I'm doing something. I think that when I'm reading in bed is probably when it happens the most. And I'm, ha- I'm reading, I'm kind of halfway through a chapter and she comes and she sits next to me. Where is she? Hi, sweetheart. She comes and she sits next to me and she starts a conversation. She had two or three sentences. It takes about two or three sentences and then I kind of recognise that I'm listening. I take my glasses off because I need them these days and I put them down and I listen. And she talks to her about a sentence and she's kind of waiting for a response so she stops talking. And I think, well, she's finished. So I put my glasses back on and keep reading. <laughs> And then she starts talking again. It takes me a sentence to realise she's still talking. I take my glasses off, I put them down, and I respond to, to what she's saying. And then she's kind of waiting for something or she's thinking for a minute or two. And that's fine because she is wanting a conversation. She's got more to share with me. I think she's finished. So I put my glasses back on and I keep reading. And it happens three or four times and I figure she still wants to talk. So I take my glasses off, I put them down and she's had enough and she walks off. <laughs> and I think... What's up? You know? And I go outside and I say, what's up? She says, you weren't listening to me. I said, yeah, I have my glasses off. <laughs> but I don't sit there, I don't ponder on her conversation. Ladies are smiling because your husbands are like this, right? I am, take my glasses off. We, we listen. I don't ponder through the words and say, what's going on behind this? At those times when I'm concentrating on something else, I'm not wanting really, I really do want to listen, don't I? I'm not really wanting to listen. I want to read. There are other times when, yeah, you just listen, you're totally focused. That's how we're supposed to be to receive what someone is sharing with us. We're supposed to hear, listen, ponder, meditate. Think about, chew over, mull over. Often when we have our quiet time in the morning or we we read something during the week, we read it and we say, thank you, I've read the word of God and we go away. I've done my reading for the day. That's not listening. Listening is having read, stopping. And saying, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me? What is it you want me to do? What are you showing me about yourself? I want to know. I want to hear. 
I want to understand. I want you to talk with me. Let your spirit help me to understand what you're saying. How does this apply to my life? And sometimes the meditation and the mulling and the pondering takes longer than the reading because we stop and we let God share with us. Yeah, it's important sometimes to cut it up into little pieces and look at the tense of the word and the, the use of all of that stuff. Sometimes that is really helpful in understanding. But most of the time, what we need to do as the people of God is just to listen to him. To delight in what he says to us. To stop and hear. And for some people I would suggest, when was the last time you did that? When was the last time you just opened the Bible and you said, God, I want to hear what you have to say? read a passage and just pondered it, thought about it through the whole day, chewed it over. Didn't read the next day because you're still chewing over and mulling on what he was saying to you yesterday in that passage. That's how we learn to be receptive because it's hard to respond properly, wisely, unless we understand the message to us. Thirdly, if we're going to be receptive, we have to respond appropriately. In other words, we have to hear the message and do something about it. In Nehemiah chapter 8, after the people heard the word of the Lord, they started to grieve. In verse 9 of chapter 8, Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priests, and the teachers of the law and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the Lord. In other words, they'd heard what God had to say about their sinfulness and they wept. In the next verse it says, Look, you've heard what God has to say. He wants to bring you joy. Go out and celebrate. They understood that their sin, their transgression, could be taken away and they celebrated. Later on, as they're searching through, later in the chapter, they discover that they hadn't done the things God wanted to do in terms of festivals. And so they set apart a festival and they do what he said to do. We are... Do we really hear someone if we don't do what they say? If we don't respond? Bond to it in some way, even, you know, not talking about God here, but even with other people, if we don't disagree with them. Silence doesn't really give assent, it doesn't give anything. It's kind of like a nothingness. To receive what God has to do, we respond in some way. In two weeks' time, when we look at being active, one of the things we're going to talk about then is being active in worship. What is worship? Worship is responding to what's revealed to us, if you like, about God. God's character is revealed to us through the scriptures, through the person of Christ Jesus, through what he's made, and we respond to that in worship. And worship is to be this active response to what we know about God. That's what the people here do. When they hear the word of God, they understand who God is, they respond in worship. When you read the scriptures in the mornings 
or in the evenings or during the week as you meet in small groups or just as you ponder what's being said on a Sunday throughout the week, do you respond in worship? Or does it just kind of sit there over in a little box somewhere to be taken out next week? Because if it just sits there in a little box to be taken out next week, it's not doing any good. I, I know that if, if I get the comment like we've got people coming for dinner and um, you haven't, your clothes still aren't washed yet, an accent to that, you're right, doesn't go very far. An agreement, yes, you're right, we have got people coming over and my dirty clothes are still there, is nothing. In fact, it's a negative response. See, in our house, everybody washes their own clothes. Right, so I'm supposed to do my own. Can you believe that? <laughs> but if I just let it pile up, and I have enough clothes, I can go about two and a half weeks if I really push it. All right? It's not pretty. But just to agree, you're right, it hasn't been done yet, isn't the response. It's kind of like an ignoring not hearing. Now, I might say, which might be an appropriate response, I understand that that needs to be tidied up and I need to do what I've said I'm going to do, but right now I just can't do it. I plan to do it then. That's okay. That's a response I've heard, I've listened, I'm responding, I'm making sure I've understood. When it comes to God's word, the scriptures say that there are a whole range of responses that we're to have. All of them, if you like, are worship. All of them are saying, this is what you've revealed to me, us, about yourself and I want to respond as your servant, as your, the one who acknowledges that you have a right to lead my life. There's a whole range of things. Praise, you're wonderful. Trust, I know that you're right and you're going to care for me. Grief, I'm so sorry. I know I shouldn't do that. Joy, you're amazing God. You're fantastic. Just, you've done all of this for me. Delight. Sometimes we just have to hold on to it and say, thank you for your promises. I can't feel it, see it, smell it, taste it at the moment, but you've said it and I know you're trustworthy. I'm going to hold on to it. All of those have this um, commonality to them. They aren't just here. They also are here. They're not just an ascent intellectually, but they're emotional as well. Our response to God just can't be physical and it can't just be intellectual. There also has to be this emotive part. And some of us find that really difficult when it's having this relationship with God to be emotionally tied in, if you like, with God. But that's what it means to love him and to have delight in him and to love to listen to him is that all of us responds to him. But it's not just in those things. Scriptures teach that we're to obey what he says. We hear it, we do it. We're to keep his law. If he says don't do or do do or, or withdraw from this or go and do that, that's what we're supposed to do. We're to follow. 
And then it says, the other response that's appropriate is that once we understand God's message, we're to share it with other people. In Nehemiah, that's what happens. The priests, the Levites, they share, they teach, they explain, they help all the people to understand. So Nehemiah says these three things, and the whole of Scripture resounds with this. This is what our response is supposed to be like to God's word. This is how we're supposed to receive it. Firstly, we're to desire it. We're to want it. We want to communicate with him. We want him to communicate with us. We're supposed to be passionate about hearing from God. We're supposed to listen to him. He's given us everything we need to be able to listen to him. Those who are Christians, we have the Holy Spirit who indwells us that he might guide us into truth. There's nothing in scripture that with thought and pondering and thinking about and asking God to reveal that we can't come to hear what he wants to say. Sometimes it's a little blurry and we have to go back time and time and time again. But he will keep talking to us. We have to listen. We as the people of God in this place, if we're to grow, if we're to reach out, if we're to love one another, if we're to praise and worship him properly, we need to be a church that listens to his word. Not just reads it, not just understands it, but really considers it and lets it filter into us. And then thirdly, we're supposed to respond. We are to be wise receivers of God's word. Respond in worship, praise, trust and all those other things. If the word of God as it's read, as you read it, as it's taught, just washes over you and you don't allow it to impact you, then that's not wise listening. That's not a wise reception in what the scriptures say. And what Proverbs says is that God says, I've given, I've shared, I've talked to you. I've waited for you to hear. And if you don't listen, even though you finally take your glasses off because I've got your attention, I'm just going to walk out of the room. Because there comes a time when I stop talking. So my encouragement, the application for each of us is, let us listen to him while he talks with us and shares with us. Let's delight in him. Let's desire him. Let's pray. Father God, you're amazing. You have recorded for us in Scripture so much about yourself and your ways and how you deal with people, us, your people. You've, you've shown us about our Saviour Jesus who reveals you to us. You've given us your Spirit that we might understand all things and be led into all truth. Father, help us to truly desire you as God and what you have to say. Help us to listen and to ponder and to meditate. And then, Father, help us understanding what you want and in love toward you. Help us to be obedient, to follow, to praise, to worship, to give thanks, 
to love in the same way that you've loved us. Father, we ask all of these things in the name of Christ, our Saviour and Lord. Amen. Would you stand with us, please?